This is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Oh, hello, gentlemen. How's it going? Good hey, evening, guys. Amazing. How are you? Doing well. I'm fucking hungover. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording this the day after Burns Night. And so, wait a minute. <laughs> this is this is a, a recording on a Tuesday. Yeah. And you're hungover on a Tuesday. It was Burns Night. What the hell? It's always something night. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have no excuse for my hangover. I'm just hungover. <laughs> it wasn't Burns night. You weren't celebrating Burns night. No. What the hell? I'm the only one. Jeez. What? Explain. <laughs> what is this Burns night? It's Robert Burns night. You know Robert Burns. Robert Burns. You don't know Robert Burns? No. Oh Lord. Okay. So. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> what you're supposed to do on this night is drink a shit ton of scotch and eat haggis. Now, okay, haggis, so I'm not eating haggis. Uh, I don't know if I could handle the haggis, but scotch. yeah, the scotch is good. But um, scotch might so be a little easier to take. Mr. Robert Burns was born in 1759 in Scotland. And um, he is a literary figure, uh, and he's regarded as a pioneer of the Romantic movement. And um, he became a big source of inspiration for liberalism and socialism, and um, is considered to be quite a, the rebel. Um, his poem, Auld Lang Syne, you might know. Oh, yeah. That little poem, you know? No. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think I so, hear it once a year. Once a year, yeah. So you're supposed to, um, yeah. So every year it's a celebration. So because he wrote a lot about whiskey, and um, so you you drink a bunch of scotch, you eat some fucking haggis, you hang out, and uh, so that's what I did. I didn't eat the haggis, but we had a bonfire and drank a lot of scotch, and yeah. So let me ask you a question: If he's like the leader of the Romantic movement, how come it's not dipping strawberries in chocolate and you know taking a bath of champagne in bubbles? So he wasn't wealthy. Um, and I think romanticism in poetry means something else completely. Um, Stop making me feel stupid. Stop it right now. Don't yeah. start to show off on the foot of you making me sound stupid. <laughs> I'm I mean, on the same like, page as you, man. That's, I've, I've... <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's, there should be a George Burns day where you just uh, crack off one liners and smoke cigars. That would be fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think I'd rather partake in George Burns Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he probably ate hamburgers, so we're good. We don't Can you do just that. make like a Burns Day and do all the Burns? Like there you go, kind of like a President's burns. Day. Yeah. yeah, any Burns that was cool, you do that burns shit. Day. That would be great. Yeah. Ken Burns, you just watch documentaries all day. Yeah. yeah. 
perfect. So you drink scotch, yeah. you smoke, smoke cigars, cigars. Yeah. you watch documentaries. We can find some other burns. We can watch movies. Harry movies all day, right? <laughs> watch The Simpsons. He's the one. Yeah. You know, does he have any other movies? Um, Ed Burns. Done. Ed Burns. Was, that was, that, was he a one-hit wonder of the movie world? I think so. Who are we talking Which Ed Burns? The guy that did She's the One. He was like a director. I'm oh. doing without Googling. Ed Burns did this in the early days of independent movies. He wrote and directed and produced and starred in, I believe it's called She's the One. And that got him into like some big time movies. Yeah, he was. I he can't was remember any of them. Brothers McMullen, I love that one. And I think he's oh, just. Yeah, that's the one that started, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he's been in a bunch of shit. Yeah, we could. I mean, I don't know what what he's about, but we could figure it out and add him too. I don't know, just talk Irish shit all the time. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Mister Burns, how are we here tonight? We have that. We should probably introduce our guest, by the way. Yeah, that too. People are <laughs> hearing the guy the hanging out with us voice, wondering who the hell is this? Who is this? Doesn't sound familiar. Who the hell are you, Et? <laughs> That's a great question. That's another one. <laughs> Tell the folks who you are. I am a obsessed Led Zeppelin fan um, to the point where me and my wife both share the celebrity free pass, Robert Plant. Um, <laughs> like so, now Robert Plant or then Robert Plant? I'll take from 17 to 70. I'll take anyone. <laughs> any, any between. Wow. Okay. Um, also, also a big Sinatra fan. And those worlds meet at Jack Daniels where I work now. At the Jack, at the Jack cool. Daniels. But um, yeah, no. Music, whiskey, it's my life. I I feel like we share that. Yeah, a little bit. I think we share a lot. It's ours too. I think we do. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so E.T. and I met previously on a broadcast for Uncle Nearest. And it turned out that we have a bunch of stuff in common. And um, one of those I'm going to talk about during our whiskey segment I'll save that one, but uh, music and rock and roll. So uh, I thought it'd be really fun to have him on the show as a guest. So here we are. Awesome. And and I love when guests come with really good ideas. So he is the one who actually suggested the idea for tonight's topic. Speaking of tonight's topic, we are going to be discussing um, One Hit Wonders. All those songs from all those people that you don't remember their names, but you remember their songs. You know. <laughs> this was fun, I have to say. I'm really <laughs> yeah. excited to get into this. Um, yeah. I probably put too much work into it, but, you know, I think that's because I was so excited about it. So I cannot wait to, and I am really shocked that we didn't have more in common, all four of us. That made There's it. There's a lot of them. There's yeah. a lot. You There's don't a, realize how many there are until you go down oh the rabbit God. hole. I mean, I could have chosen all of the ones it. you guys chose, too. But but by I, the way, wasn't there a couple where you're like, wait, they're a one-hit wonder? Like, I really thought they had tons of hits. Mm -hmm. There are have, a few on here, and I'm going to yeah. that's, that's, I'm, I'm gonna battle some of your asses on that. So we'll, we'll get to that. We'll okay, get I, I, I went through all the – whatever the um, one-hit wonder rule is, like you can only have one hit that cracked the top whatever. Yeah. Pretty sure all the ones that because I had um, one. The one I pitched you on was um, 
this theme song from Eight of the Cruisers, Dark Side. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Turns out they had another hit. Which so was the other, what was the other hit? Exactly. It was the huh. it was that awful <laughs> sequel, Eddie and the Cruisers Two, Eddie Lives. Oh. Which was really bad, but apparently I think the song did well and takes them out of being one hit wonders. Aha. Uh-huh. George so Cafferty and the Beaver Brown band was the, the voice of Eddie. Oh weird. Weird. Yeah, some of these I was really surprised that they a couple of them I was like, no way, they had more hits and it they didn't have more hits. So yeah, this will be fun to get into. But before we do that, Matthew. Yes. So this is where we do some news or updates or whatever in the rock and metal world. But <clears throat> I really have just like three movie things and then one uh, pretty sad thing today. Yeah. Uh, the day that we're recording this would have been Eddie Van Halen's birthday. Yeah. So, yeah, he would have been Bummer. 66, I think. And um, man, even 66 lived a long, long, prosperous life. Still way too young. For sure. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, at some point I know that we'll probably take a dive deeper into his life and his contributions to rock and metal at some point uh, down the road. But, yeah, he would have been 66 today. So, uh, you know, a little cheers for Eddie Van Halen. Eddie. Yep. Cheers, Eddie. Eddie. All right, so have you guys seen the previews for this new Beastie Boys documentary? I have not yet. Yes. Yeah. So it's a it's like an hour and a half documentary. Pretty much, it's um, the two surviving members, uh, Mike D and uh, Ad Rock. Uh, MCA passed away unfortunately a number of years ago. Uh, You know, it's directed by Spike Jones, who's a very well known director, contemporary director. And it's basically them telling stories of their 40 year career. It's amazing that they've been around for 40 years. <laughs> I feel so old. <laughs> it's just, it's just amazing to me. Didn't, and didn't Spike yeah. Jones do all their early videos. Isn't that where he got famous? I know he had sabotage. He may have done others. He had sabotage. sabotage yeah. for I don't sure. know if he did anything else. He was, um, he was famous before that for movies though. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did movie. Okay. So he did videos and, Went to movies and came back. So, didn't he? mm-hmm. He's on a number of movies. Yeah. No, I know he's he done did. movies since. I didn't yeah. know if he was just video guy at the time. Oh, I think he was. No, I think it was like BMX and skateboarding that I'm thinking of. He like did all. He did all those, and there was like a skateboarding movie he did. Anyway, can't remember. Continue. Uh, but it it is on through Apple TV. So if you have a subscription to Apple TV, you can watch it. Uh, I do not. So um, I might consider getting one just for this because we, you know, we had a Beastie Boys show. We're huge Beastie mm-hmm. Boys fans here. And uh, to hear in their own words about their career and their life, um, it's worth it, I'm sure. Um, it's gotten great reviews so far. So can't wait to check that out. Uh, if anybody out there listening has has seen it already, you know, drop us a line on Instagram or Facebook. Let us know. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. The second movie on the complete opposite end of this, uh, if anybody was watching uh, the AFC championship game this past week, they would have seen the first trailer for Kong versus Godzilla. What? Yeah. Yes. My thoughts, exactly. They're doing this. They're doing this again. Oh, How many no. different iterations of this movie? Can oh, just make a get? new movie. As, Come as on. As many as we'll pay for. Apparently. Yes. So yeah, this is so. 
Hollywood in a nutshell, basically the rehash after the rehash after the rehash. So I don't know where else they could go with this, uh, what they've done already, you know, but uh, yeah, one of these I'm really looking forward to that one. Not so much, but uh, yeah. Yes, it's back. getting a lot of buzz so far. Oh, so. God. That's because people yeah, are bored. It. It's a pandemic. That's the only reason anybody gives a shit. Lord, there's one other piece of news and whiskey news. Rather large piece of whiskey news. Yes. Um, MGP bought out uh, Luxro, and that Whoa. also includes Yellowstone, which is um, Lime Branch. Okay. Very interesting. Hmm. Very, very interesting. So I wonder, you know, there isn't a lot has been said just yet because the news just came out. But it makes me wonder if we've speculated before, like how the American whiskey boom has changed things for MGP. And, you know, especially for having like who the hell has old stock anymore of anything, you know, things like that. And I think we speculated years ago. Maybe I don't know if it was me and you, Matt or Jake, and talked about. I wonder if we'll see them actually start purchasing brands. Bingo! Here you go. There you go. Yep. <laughs> That'll be really interesting. Yeah, that's all I got. I got one more. Right. Um, go for it. So, <laughs> when you think of famous metal scenes as far as cities go and where they originated, like what comes to mind for you guys? I mean. Los uh, like San Francisco, San Francisco, yeah, San Francisco, New, York, New York, Chicago, New York, Detroit, yeah. Uh, would you ever think Lancaster, Pennsylvania? In I the mean, heart those Slipknot idiots came from the cornfield, so I guess anywhere is possible. Yeah, but they're from Iowa, though. But I yeah. mean, like the heart of Amish country. Would you ever think oh, that there would be a burgeoning metal? Yeah, well, I mean, no. yeah. The only thing you say yes to is if you were a kid growing up in that world, and that isn't a world you wanted to be in. You know. <laughs> You got to dance. You know what I mean? You want to get out. You want to sing and dance and do all the things you're not supposed to do. And True. what just more, got to cut loose. What more against the system than that That world is metal. True. So, right. That's yeah. true. I mean, it, but there, not, is a, yeah. there is a, I have it in my, I, I just put it in my Amazon Prime queue to watch, but there is a documentary called Barn Burner, The Rise of the Lancaster Metal Scene. And it says a documentary about the metal scene that took root in the farmlands of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, featuring interviews with past and present members of bands such as August Burns Red, which of these bands, that's the only band I've heard of. I didn't know that they were considered Amish metalcore is the subgenre that they're in. (laughs) Could have fooled me. Um, Texas in July, this or the apocalypse and, and more. But it basically tells Apparently there's a burgeoning metal scene coming out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania in the heart of Amish country. So I'm just checking that out just because so it's how is it the Amish kids? Aren't they it's on gotta be, it has to be well, that's what I was gonna say. It has to be what either when they're on their Rumspriga or it has to be the Mennonite kids. Because the Amish cannot have any electricity, anything modern at all. The Mennonites can. Well, just they, I, I, I don't, don't know. know. Lancaster is you know, it's it's a stone's throw from Philly where I'm from. So not everyone that lives in Lancaster is either one of them. So that's correct. There's yeah, a lot so of it's, there's like a really yeah. great food scene because it's so many farms out there. So there's a lot of um, locally sourced. And I know a few bartenders that live out there. And I'm not saying I, I'm, I am surprised that there is a burgeoning metal scene, but not everyone falls into the witness uh, Harrison Ford movie category of living in Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> but are they speaking? But Matt, does is this like 
is it really them saying that it's of the either Amish or Mennonite specifically, or just Lancaster? It just it, it's it's a very short synopsis, basically <laughs> just saying it's the first film to explore how Amish country became a hotbed for heavy music. <laughs> uh, one of the most prominent metal bands playing today, practicing started practicing in a barn in Amish country. August Burns Red, they talk about them and a few other bands that are part of that scene. So it doesn't necessarily say that they're actually Amish gotcha. or Mennonite, but um, okay, gotcha. still, I don't know. Interesting, it's though. It's really interesting yeah. to me, yes. Yeah. Huh. I will cue that yeah. up. That sounds worth watching. Yeah, at least. yeah. Fascinated. Awesome. I'll watch well, anything once. Uh, before we get into whiskey, I'm just going to go down a couple things that happened this day in music when we are recording, which is January 26th. In 1956, Buddy Holly recorded what would become his first release, Love Me and Blue Days and Black Nights. In 1961, Elvis Presley was number one on the UK singles charts with Are You Lonesome Tonight? It was his sixth UK number one hit. Um, also in 1965, poor, poor Keith Richards. Apparently, during a uh, Stones concert um, in Australia, he had his shirt torn off of his body after 50 fans stormed the stage during a gig at in Brisbane. Um, so I just like watched a little clip of him talking about it because I was like, you know, a T-shirt isn't that hard to rip off. So either your shirt got ripped off or you actually got kind of injured and beat up a little bit from 50 women storming you. Yeah. Like they, they kind of kicked his ass and he was scared for his life. And oh my God. It was, it's, I, I highly recommend Googling and listening to him talk about it. Um, Back of the Shailas. Yeah. The Shailas. Uh, and Matt, as you mentioned today um, is Eddie Van Halen's birthday. Also in 1980. Um, and I, wa I watched this clip back and it was a little painful. Prince made his TV debut on American Bandstand. Um, his performance was flawless, of course. But when he was interviewed after his performance, he froze and um, was kind of struggling to reply um, and answer the questions. Uh, so really interesting to see him. I don't think he was ever big about not performing in front of the camera and just talking about himself. So um, poor thing. I just wanted to give him a hug. <laughs> um, so that's all I've got for this day in music. So uh, before we go on to our whiskey segment, um, let's hear some music. Moment that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. <laughs> I see the cult of personality. Yeah. <laughs> hard not to. Also, hard not to bang your head to that song. It truly, truly. And whenever I hear that now, just being the wrestling fan that I am, I just think of CM Punk's. That was his entrance song. Oh, so, oh, fellow nice Chicagoan, by the way, Ed. Yep. Nice. I gotta yep. say, I was surprised that that made it on One Hit Wonder, and it is. It's yeah, yeah. But we'll get into that in a minute. First. Matthew, take it away. 
Yes, this is the part of the show where we talk about what we are drinking. And I think we all better be drinking something tonight. <laughs> <laughs> A particular something tonight. Uh, but uh, this is where we go around, talk about what's in our glass. So let's uh, start off with our esteemed guest. What do you have in your glass? I can see what you have in your glass, but yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I went for the obvious, but on the reason I chose old number seven wasn't because it's the obvious choice. I feel like it's the unobvious choice because I don't really feel like a lot of people taste Jack. Even when we do tastings, everyone is always like, what else is new? What do you, I've had Jack before. I think because of that, it gets, I don't want to say skipped over. Obviously a ton of people drink Jack, but I don't think they really think about the taste of Jack. So that's why I picked it. Not because I work there or it's the obvious. Yes. I have to do Jack. I feel like, that's not something when you when I do go to tastings and we have a row of whiskey, it's definitely not the first bottle people point to because they've seen it and done it. Um, so I will taste it. But the first thing when you I nose it, you get all the what you would get from most American bourbons and Tennessee whiskeys, which is a lot of that vanilla and that caramel. But one thing unique about Jack that I find I get on the nose a lot is that banana note. Mm-hmm. that our yep. distillers always you know call it our yeast strain is, is what's producing that and what i always find fun about jack because of that banana note and some of those strong vanilla notes is it really becomes a great whiskey in tiki um some of those fruitier notes that you find in jack do well in regular classic whiskey drinks but then i also love doing a, a mai tai calling it a black tie and using jack and then instead of a dark rum, I use our barrel proof to light that on fire on top. So it becomes a fun little twist. I wouldn't recommend a tiki bar disbanding all rum, but it's a nice <laughs> little change of pace. Um, Very cool. You know, for me, Jack, they, because we take barrels from all over the barrel house for Jack, they're looking for balance. They want the color to be the same. They want the taste to be the same. If you crack a bottle of Jack in Toronto or Timbuktu, it's Jack. So balance is really the key. There's no... We're not looking for variants. It's not like our single barrel whiskeys where we're trying to explore the nuances of every piece of barrel wood. It's Jack has to be Jack. And so you're always going to get, for me, right on that lip, on the tip of your tongue and the tip of your lips, you get a nice sweet, all those sweet notes you're going to get right away. Kind of stays even keel all the way through your mid palate. You get a tiny bit of oak on the finish, a little bit of that, that whiskey burn, but never, nothing spikes. Nothing is saying, look at me, look at me. You, I'm the star of the show. It's kind of like an ensemble piece where all of the notes stay balanced. And that, you know, for me, when people say, don't you have samples of everything? I'm like, yeah, but I drink Jack. And part of it is I really dig the flavor. Another part of it is because Jack now is 80 proof. If I'm going out, I'm going to celebrate Burns night. You know, an 80 proof whiskey is a lot more um, accommodating for a long evening than mm-hmm. hitting up. Um, we have one of our, I won't name names, but we have one of our ambassadors. And when Jack Barrel Proof, uh, Single Barrel Barrel Proof came out, it wasn't distributed everywhere. So it was definitely like exciting to see a bottle behind a bar that we didn't put behind the bar. So we were all out. And I think all the ambassadors were in LA for something. And we went to a tiki bar, no less. And it's it's close it's last call and he sees on the top it's oh my god they're barrel proof like oh wow that's crazy like i would have never guessed this bar would have that whiskey and 
I ordered Jack, the other guy Jack, the other guy Jack, the other guy Jack, like a uh, barrel proof rocks. And it was, it was a glass a little bit bigger than this filled to about here at 145. <laughs> so, you know, his name has ever since been barrel proof. Like, <laughs> you doing barrel proof? And because uh, I mean, I give him a lot of credit for, for, doing it but when we went to uh breakfast after that last call he didn't last long he was in it pretty quick <laughs> oh, damn but yeah but for jack I, you know for me it's the balance it's 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 so sippable i love it i used to drink jack rocks exclusively for ever since uh my ex-girlfriend in the 90s father called me out for drinking jack and coke which i now would have a better answer for but i was so intimidated at the time He's like, why are you drinking Jack and Coke? It's, you're ruining your whiskey. It's like, what am I supposed to do, right? As a 22-year-old. And he's like, Jack Rocks, maybe a splash of soda. So for years, I did Jack Splash of Soda until I did Jack Rocks forever. And then, you know, my my current self would have a different story for him. Even our good friend Sammy Davis Jr., that's what he drank, Jack and Coke. And Sinatra gave him the same business. He was like, why are you drinking Jack and Coke? And now I say what I would say to Sammy, to Frank back then, you know, whatever is my favorite way is the best way to drink it. That's um, right. But Jack Rocks was my favorite way until the pandemic. And I realized how bad my friggin' ice is in my freezer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started just drinking Jack Neat because um, every time I would just get freezer funk. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And because we're home, we're buying more food. So I don't have room for a fancy little ice maker. Because does, that does make decent cues, and we use filtered water. But my wife is not giving up precious freezer space for our dog's food for my fancy ice. So, Jack Neat soda water back is the way I go. Nice. Love it. Who's next? Well, I can piggyback off that, um, ET, because this I'm going back to my roots here, my whiskey roots, because. Jack was the first whiskey. I'm sure like there's a million people who have this story that I, I got into. Um, the great thing about it, it was approachable. Um, it was available, you know, every single bar, there's a bottle of Jack behind the bar. So I started uh, drinking Jack rocks at our company uh, holiday parties. And it was my drink every, every year I'll get Jack rocks. Um, and then you know, for the longest time, then I started really getting into whiskeys and bourbons, expanding my horizons. And it wasn't too long ago, maybe I want to say four or five years ago. I'm like, you know what? I've never drank Jack Neat. I pour myself a glass of Jack Neat, and then I'm got everything that you described, ET. I got like now I know where the bananas come from. I never got that with it on ice, but neat, boom, it hit me. It was like banana bread. You get that nice, even flavor. Like you say, nothing overpowers the other. It's a very even, smooth sipper. Um, with, and then you get that oak on the finish. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm having tonight. It has a little uh, homage to my uh, whiskey roots. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Ed. What about you, Matt? Well, I will preface this by saying that I do not drink a lot of Jack. In fact, you know, 
give me a slap on the wrist here. I do not remember the last time I even had Jack, but I did buy a bottle of the Jack Daniels single barrel select for this evening, $40 single barrel. Uh, I, it's so good. It really is so good. Uh, so true about the bananas though. Like all the Jack that I've tasted in my life, it does have that sort of that little layer of banana on the nose and on the palate. Uh, but this is big caramel and spice. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, ET, but it's 80% corn. Is it a higher, yeah. much no, higher corn? All of our Tennessee yeah. whiskeys, same mash bill, just the rye. Same mash bill. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you get a little that sweetness, but you get caramel, big spice. Uh, and I think it, for 40 bucks, it's a steal, you know, in a market that's, you know, for something that's single barrel, slightly higher proof, you know, some of the prices are astronomical, but uh, it's a great grab. You know, being in retail for as long as I have, um, you know, I find that Jack drink drinkers nowadays have become somewhat self-deprecating for some reason. You know, when they come in, they're looking for a, they're like, oh, recommend me something that's, you know, slightly higher. I'm kind of a simple guy. I just drink Jack. And I'm like, you know, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> you know, honestly, uh, you like what you like. It, it has a pedigree. Uh, it's been around forever. Uh, it's a great brand. Uh, and like to speak to what you said, you know, you want to open a bottle of this part of the world and that part of the world and you want the same thing. And I think Jack does give you that. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, this is, um, you know, I'm glad I bought it um, and uh, probably will be keeping it in my bar from now on. So nice. Jack single barrel. You know, it's funny when that that customer and I, I, I hear that a lot, not just from people drinking Jack, but people at tastings like, oh, it's such a big brand, this, that, and other thing. And since this show is all about music, um, I'll give you my Jack music analogy, which is I feel like Jack is the Rolling Stones of the whiskey world. There was a point in time when those guys did not play arenas. Mm -hmm. They were a local band at some point. Mm -hmm. And you're, that little town was like, oh, yeah, this new band, the Rolling Stones, check them out. And like they had this small little following. And then all of a sudden they wrote a couple big hits. And then they started playing bigger venues. Big now because they play, you know, the O2 or Staples, they're still the friggin' Rolling Stones. They're still the greatest rock and roll band there ever was, right? But you get the point. Um, <laughs> like the Rolling Stones didn't get worse because they started playing bigger venues. Right. And I think people get that misconception. Not all big, not just Jack either. There's a lot of really great in all genres of spirits, big <laughs> brands, a lot of great small brands, and then there's the reverse. It doesn't, it's, it's more about how you do it. Not, not what you are. It's how you get to where you are. Not just, just the label. So I'm glad that you uh, said that to the people in the store that to not of course. be yeah. self-conscious of your, of what you like. Oh, I also yeah, meant to mention go, it. Oh, but Tito's popular. I'm not going to drink that anymore. Yeah. I do have a bottle of the barrel proof. The barrel proof is amazing. Yeah. That, There's not that, much of it left, but I still do have some. It's really, really good, that stuff. And it's um, there's one or two other brands I've tried Barrel Proof where it has that level of flavor. Sometimes when you get Barrel Proof, it's just heat. That you're just getting that one that one speed of just a lot of heat and a lot of big oak. And the Jack and a couple other brands have that depth of flavor where you're like, wow, this has a lot of character. And it's it's so flavorful. But, you know, you look at the bottle like, shit, that's 136.7. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's my nightcap. <laughs> More or less, all like our yep. true friend. <laughs> I'm a big fan, also of the. Of, I've got probably five of them now. Yeah, I just bought a fifth one recently. 
same thing. Like I'm kind of got, I'm, I'm just got to a point where I'm so over a lot of the barrel proof offerings out there, especially in bourbon. Cause they're just so harsh. It's like, I want to, I can't get to the flavor here, guys. Like I actually have taste buds and I feel like that's such an indication of who has been drinking mostly, but they're still playing to this old fashioned audience of whiskey drinkers, like these dudes that have no taste buds and they're smoking cigars with it or they can't taste shit anyway. And they're drinking their 150 proof whiskey out of Glen Cairn glasses and blowing their nose, burning their nose hairs out. It's like, enough with that shit already the higher proof the better no you're drinking fucking engine fuel like just stop it i was really really pleased um with the the single barrel barrel proof it's just so much flavor in it i was i was really really surprised at the flavor so but i did not choose that one tonight um to go with our subject um i went in a different direction one of the things that et and i found we had in common uh when we first met was unaged rye. I'm everybody on the show knows how I feel about unaged rye. I'm super obsessed with the category. Damn it. I need more brands to release white rye. It's such a beautiful, gorgeous spirit. It's so much fun for cocktails. It's also full of flavor for drinking neat. There's so much you can do with it. There's so there's just, it's, it's just, um, it's a myriad of flavors that are so interesting and unique, but you're still drinking whiskey. And so somebody was generous enough to send me a sample of the Jack Daniels um, unaged rye that I have to say is phenomenal. Um, I was I was pretty blown away by it. I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting it to taste to have the amount of flavor that it did because um, I knew I wasn't going to get any funkiness because most of the white rye that I've tasted comes from really small um, copper pot stills and, you know, more craft distillate. And so you're just, you're just getting completely different flavor profile. And there's always a little bit of that funk. And I thought, well, what am I going to think without the funk? And I absolutely fell in love with it. So, you know, just like there's a band, they had a one hit wonder. You've never heard anything from them afterwards. That's, you know, and you're like, ah, I'm not going to listen to the rest of the songs. Go listen to the rest of the damn songs. Do not make a judgment because of that one song or that all their other songs didn't become as popular. Perhaps that was the peak of their, you know, of their careers. You have got to dig deeper. And it's the same thing with White Ride. Don't judge a spirit based on any preconceived notion. Taste it. Expand your horizons. No, I mean, who the hell eats one like potatoes? You don't go, oh, well, I can only eat French fries for the rest of my life. I'm never going to eat mashed potatoes, potatoes au gratin. I can't eat potatoes any other way. No hash browns. It's got to be only French fries. It's fucking stupid. Same thing with whiskey. So if you see white whiskey out there, especially white rye, give it a shot. I guarantee you that you are going to find it at least interesting. Your palate will learn something. If you don't love it, you'll still understand how interesting and unique it is. And so that is what I chose tonight, and it is delicious. Mm, nice. I'd love to try that. So smooth. It's fantastic. I say I've never had a white rye. I've had plenty of white corn whiskeys, but I don't think I've ever had a Didn't white I rye. Guys, I sent you guys the sample a long time ago of the Indian oh. Creek. Nope. All right. Well, I'll send you a sample. <laughs> we'll fix that. It got lost in the mail. I don't know. I think I want the Jack one instead. 
Oh, well, I can't help you. <laughs> I'm not giving you any time. I forget it. <laughs> yeah, no, what? I think, I think also if you like the brand already, there's a good chance you'll like their unaged spirits because it's already the base of what you like. Yep. Um, yeah. A lot of times I think people have a misconception because the first thing people put out because they're waiting to age things um, and they're not that far along in their process. Whereas um, I think people that make whiskey that you like, that's why people stick into the, the family of those brands because there's a good chance you like the other stuff. Obviously, there's so many great whiskeys out there, but I always say if, if you like this, you'll probably like that. Yeah, Just for sure. Bit, you know, the nuances change a little bit. Good point. Good point. Well, that's our whiskey for tonight. That's what's in our glass. Um, let's listen to a little bit of uh, a little bit from one of our choices before we move on to the main topic of discussion. This is one of my favorite songs still. Don't judge me. <laughs> and that was, of course, uh, and I ran from flock of seagulls. They really did have some good hair, man. <laughs> they really did. Bad things about flock of seagulls, though. They leave behind a big mess. <laughs> hey, oh, <laughs> all right. Oh, boy. Hi, dad joke. Um, well, since you uh, unleashed a dad joke, Ed, why don't we talk about your choices? We're going to each go down our list of what we chose, and then we will reveal um, at the end um, where we lined up and then what the ultimate one-hit wonder is here at Metal Rock and Whiskey. Ed, take it away. Okay, what order should I should I go with these in? Just pretty much... Just go down the Whatever. list. Like I put them okay, down. go on my yeah. list. Well, first of all, um, number one on my list, this is the first one that came to mind when I thought of One Hit Wonder was the song by Tommy Two-Tone, 8675309, which was actually called Jenny. Um, and that was my number one pick. And uh, funny thing about this song um it peaked number four on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in May of 1982 and number one on the Billboard Hot Mainstream Rot Tracks in 19, April of 1982. Um, and I remember hearing stories about people actually calling yeah. this number. And all I can say is I feel sorry <laughs> for anyone I who had I that number. Um, <laughs> asking for multiple Jenny. area codes as well. 
Yeah, totally. We I called it. I was in Florida and I called it and it was somebody's answering machine. And we were like, the minute it came on, we were saying the song, eight, six, seven, five, three. Oh, here we oh go. Hey, is Jenny there? Can I talk to Jenny? <laughs> a lot of that. That would suck. Um, yeah, so lead guitarist Jim Keller, interviewed by people in 82, said, uh, this is this is, is what he, he quoted. He's like, Jenny is a regular girl, not a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> friends of mine wrote her name and number on a men's room wall at a bar i called her on a dare and we dated for a while i haven't talked with her since the song became a hit but i hear she thinks i'm a real jerk for writing it mm -hmm. uh -huh. i never guessed that that would have been an actual uh actual girl in his life but very interesting i don't think it was Never made out. Now, there's another fun fact about Jenny. Um, so that um, Alex Call, right? Wasn't he one of the writers of that song? Yeah. Yeah. He was in a band prior to writing the song called Clover. And one of his bandmates went on to become a young man named Huey Lewis. <laughs> oh. I've yeah. heard of him. Damn. Yeah, he actually, it was his song. I mean... He's called co-writer, but it was pretty much his song. So um, he, had, he had a little more to say about the origins of the song. He said, despite all the mythology to the contrary, I actually just came up with the Jenny and the telephone number and the music and all that just sitting in my backyard. So there was no Jenny. Okay. Not like I speculated. <laughs> uh, I don't know where the number came from. I was just trying to write four quarter rock song and it just kind of came out. This was back in 1981 when I wrote it. And I had at the time a little squirrel powered four track in the, this industrial <laughs> yard in California. And I went there and made a tape of it. I had the guitar lick, I had the name and number, but I didn't know what the song was about. This buddy of mine, Jim Keller, who's the co writer, was the lead guitar player in Tommy Two Tone. He stopped by that afternoon and said, Al, it's a girl's number on a bathroom wall. And we had a good laugh. I said, That's exactly right. And exa that's exactly what it is. So that was my number one. So uh, going down the list, I also had uh, the song Voices Carry by Till Tuesday. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. um, and this one, Wouldn't It Be Good by Nick Kershaw, um, I, which I actually just recently, I was looked it up and saw him actually perform it at a Live Aid in 1985. Um there's the song I Touch Myself by the Divinals. Before you uh, go forward, let me play a, a clip of Wouldn't It Be Good? Because I didn't remember oh, yeah. it until I had to look at the clip up and then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know this. Let yep. me just play a clip of it. song now vaguely that's a i'm actually shocked 
that how much I don't know that, and it's a one hit wonder. Yeah, big time. He also never had- never heard it. Really? Also, Ed, <laughs> yeah. And I never. want you to rewind for one second because you might have just become my hero, and I'm off Team Sailor on Team Ed. You were at Live Aid. <laughs> No, I was not at Live Aid, but did this- you just say I was at Live? I saw him at Live Aid. Oh, on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Taylor. I formally apologize. <laughs> I ever thought to leave. I don't know if I'm going to take you back, ET. I got to think about it. We'll see how it goes. But time out, time out, time out. Yeah, let me connect the dots. And you can, if you want to not take me back, you cannot take me back. The reason he would have been my new hero is also at the Live Aid show was the very, very ill-conceived reunion of the Led Zeppelin band. Oh, so he would have seen right. Led Zeppelin live with Phil Collins. Yeah, that would have been missing awesome. all the timing of the drumming. But since you did <laughs> Which that, is so weird, actually. Yeah, they, Robert Plant, well, Phil Collins had drummed with Robert Plant on his first couple solo records. They were buddies. So yeah. And he also claimed he knew all the songs. But Phil Collins, if you remember played the London show, took the Learjet across the pond and then played the Philadelphia show and was probably drinking the whole way over. And, you know, I think back after the show, you see Robert Plant and Phil Collins and Robert Plant says something about, yeah, three out of the four people knew the songs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. But anyway, I didn't see any of that. So, again, my formalist apologies. Take me back. I watched it on TV. That's different. Totally different. Okay, so the next one you had, Ed, was I Touched Myself, which thanks to Austin Powers, everybody should know that one. Okay, <laughs> and then uh, another one from my middle school years, Come on Eileen from Dexie's Midnight Runners. That cult song. of Personality. This is good in my college years. Now, Cult of Personality, Living Color. Um, Unbelievable by EMF. Oh, my God. Uh, then this one. <laughs> Though the weirdest name ever, not the song. Well, the song is kind yeah, of weird. Of Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. I also hate that song. Virtual Insanity by Jamiroquai. Oh, I was Jamiroquai. really into that song. Wow. For a while. <laughs> I love Jamiroquai. Yo, great Anybody music video, by the way. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ever, exactly when I'm cleaning the house, I'll put Jamiroquai on when I'm cleaning the house, and it makes me happy. I don't know why. <laughs> then we have Super Freak. By Rick James, bitch. I'm Rick James, bitch. Wait, time out. Rick James is a one-hit wonder. I mean, Super Freak is. Super Freak was. I think so. I think it was his Freaky only. Big can, can you? Do you no, know I'm any not, other I'm hits? I'm not denying yeah. that he. That's not a huge hit. I'm saying, wow, he's one of those people I would have thought had at least one more song. I I that I can't think I of. I looked <laughs> because a lot of my, some of the one-hit wonders I did originally list. I went to verify that they did, then they did have like a second hit. So I had to take them off my list. But I did verify, and I couldn't find no, any other song that I recognized. Not in the U.S. So no, that was, no, that was it. So anyway, then we have the song "Twilight Zone" by Golden Earring. Remember that one? That was that had heavy rotation on uh MTV back in the day. That was oh, yeah. one of those. The 99 Red Balloons or 99 Luft Balloons, depending on what where you're from. It depends on the By year. Nina. What's it that? Was, it depends on the year. So she recorded, and it's Nina with an E. She recorded 99 oh. Luft Balloons first, and it was a big hit in Europe. And then the they tried to pitch the song 
for the U.S. market and the label wouldn't take it and said, well, try to get her to do it in English. Nobody's going to know what the hell she's saying. Nobody's going to care. Just such bullshit. So she didn't speak any English and she learned the song in English and they had to, the meanings changed quite a bit. And so it was the year later that they released it in English and we know it as 99 Red Balloons. Ah, interesting. Ah. And here's another one. I never could have told you who sang it. Who sang it. Um, well, sing is kind of a that might be overstating it, but the song Da Da Da. Oh, yeah. You know that one? Da Da Da. 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 By yeah. Trio. This is the weirdest song. Okay. It's a little more my time. Uh-huh. Why this became a hit, I don't know. But it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a lot of head bobbing, so maybe that's why it was a hit. Like someone got their Casio keyboard and just programmed a little riff into it. And... Uh-huh. Anyone can do music. Watch. This is what you got to know. Love you though it didn't show. Probably most famous in the uh, was it the Volkswagen commercial? Oh yeah. It's a stupid song. <laughs> I it's wonder if stupid. that commercial made it a hit or was it a hit before? Oh, it, was a hit it was a hit before. before. Oh, before. Yeah. That's why they used it in the commercial. Yeah. Gotcha. So Volkswagen didn't discover this guy. <laughs> nope. I wish that was the story because it would make a lot more sense than somebody green lighted this shit. And then nope. people bought the record. And Dodge didn't discover Motley Crue. <laughs> anyway. I know, that I don't believe. That I don't believe. <laughs> And then, of course, you got we're getting in more of the, the hard rock, slut, maybe metal category here. Uh, Turn up the radio by uh, Autograph. Um, and this is another one. I'll never, I actually listened to another song by Steelheart, but it wasn't one of their hits. Then I forgot that they had this one. It was called I'll Never Let You Go, which is like a, a rock ballad. And then, of course, Epic, <clears throat> excuse me, Epic. By Faith No More, uh, No Rain by Blind Melon. That and f- that shocked me. I'm sorry to cut you off. I freaking yeah. loved Blind Melon. Saw him open for Neil Young, which was one of the outdoor amazing summer California shows. I feel like they weren't. I don't know that. I feel it's unfair category to put them in because that was still when people bought albums. A lot of people knew their songs. I don't know. I feel like that's unfair. I'm not saying you did it, Ed, but um, having just been on your team for 18 seconds, I'm not going to throw you under the bus or anything. But I feel like Blind Melon was a more legit band than than being a one hit than being called one hit wonders. Oh yeah, well I, I'm looking at some of the other lists, and there's a couple artists there that, for me personally, they would be more than a one hit wonder. But anyway, I'll I'll put the cherry on the top here. Um, play that funky music by Wild Cherry. Yes. And you skipped um, one of my favorite songs oh, because I? I was obsessed with Michael Jackson and anything that oh. he was even that he even yes. sprinkled, I was obsessed with this. So, oh yes, yeah, so I have- skipped over um, the song "Somebody's Watching Me" by Rockwell with horse backing vocals by Michael Jackson. <laughs> Thank you. 
man with an average life. I work from nine to five. Hell, I pay the price. I want to be left alone. It's a very weird In song. In my average home. Very, very weird song. Ro but it's Rockwell, the the owner of one of my favorite quotes when asked how he settled on the stage name Rockwell. He says, well, it's because I rock well. <laughs> nice. That's a true quote. Yeah. <laughs> Can't really okay. argue that, right? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Can't argue the logic. I might argue the, the follow through. True. Well, yeah. <laughs> how the, how the hell he got, and I didn't, I, I never read about how he got, wait, shut up. How he got Michael Jackson. <laughs> They must have been friends from way back or something like that because how, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll read about it. Or Quincy Jones hooked him up or something. Who knows? Who knows? So, um, all right. So, Matt, you want to talk about your list? Oh, do I ever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. No particular order, by the way. This is just off the top of my head. The first ones that I thought of, bam, had to put the pen to paper. And uh, so no particular order here as an Ed's list. Um, but the first one that I have is Love Fool by the Cardigans. Now, you would know this from Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. So I, so I feel about like this about like E.T. felt about um, Blind Melon, because I actually have this album. It's a great album, and I've listened to it quite a bit over the years. But anyway, but but yeah, Love Fool was the big hit. Yeah, yeah. it was their song. only big hit, so... They do Thanks. a great cover of yeah. uh, um, Black Sabbath um, Iron Man on there, that album, too. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I will have to check that out, because I have not heard that. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, the next one is like, like <laughs> the dictionary, like one hit wonder. And that's, uh, I'm going to be 500 miles from the proclaimers. I, I mean, hate that song so <laughs> much. I want to see if you were a bartender, let me tell you something. If you were a bartender it, for more than a couple of years, there are songs back in the day. You did not get to choose music. That's not how it worked. I'm old as fuck. So it was either the jukebox or if you worked in a fancy place, they were piping in music or if it was a corporate chain like Chi-Chi's. Um, so you heard shit like this over and over and over, probably like, you know, eight times a day. If you were doing a double 16 times a day, God forbid you had a jukebox in your bar, you heard it a hundred times. So I hate this song. <laughs> There's that. If there's any How I Met Your Mother fans out yes. there, I was just gonna episode. say there's yeah. an episode. Yeah, where they're driving cross country <laughs> and they the the tape deck on his Fiat is jammed and that's the single this single here. Yeah, and they go through all these different stages to. of like love hate with the song like all the way driving cross country. It's like they can't stand it and then they're singing along with it and just to piggyback on what you just said, Sailor. That's funny. <laughs> um, so I have uh, Chumba. I also have Tump Thumping by Chumbawamba. Oh. Um, yeah, on my list as well. Uh, Bitch by Meredith Brooks, uh, which I see on a couple of these lists here. Um, yeah, I mean, that classic late 90s one hit wonder. Um, next, I have uh, Stupid Girl by Cold. Cold, I think, is a Canadian rock band. Um, 
I'm pretty sure that's their only hit. That's the only one I remember. Uh, so it's on the list. Uh, next, I'm sure that these guys have had other hits and maybe in England, but uh, the darkness, I believe in a thing called love. Hold on. Um, hey, hang on a second. I'm not, I'm not familiar they, with that one. Okay. I'm I might play have them. to hear it, but I'm going to play them for you real quick. They, I, every single one of their songs was a hit charted off that album. So does that make them a one hit wonder if it's like, I don't know, it was like four songs off that album or something. But charted how high up the charts? Pretty high up there. I feel like there's like a rule that that VH1 or someone put to one hit one. It was like, you can't crack the top. There might be a second hit that was mildly successful. I believe in a thing called love. Yeah, that, yeah. And then there's um, the love song. Ah, shit. It'll come to me. Um, Okay, so it was off Permission to Land, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, you know what? I was, I lived in Europe half that time and then came back here. Okay, get your hands off my woman, motherfucker. I believe in a thing called love. Love is only a feeling. Those were all growing on me. Those are all chart toppers. So does it. I mean, it's the only album that charted. In the U.S., though, they were yeah. chart toppers. I think so. Get your hands off my woman. That was totally all over the radio. Absolutely, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. I only remember this one and the, okay. and the silly music video of all them right, in so space we'll, and we'll, stuff. We'll think yeah. about that later. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Achy Breaky Heart, Billy Ray Fuck Cyrus. That song. Fuck that song. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I was a bartender and we had a jukebox, and oh. it was a place in Columbus, Ohio, where it was called Spinners. Uh, and the dance floor spun around, and they would have male strippers come in, and the radio station would bring the cash machine where you'd go in and blow the cash around. It was one of these places, and that song was played every five minutes. <laughs> Uh, so song two by blur is next on my list and blur another band that had been around for quite some time overseas. Yes. So if you were, have you ever been at any sporting event? I'm sure you've heard parts of the song. Um, uh, Harvey danger is next flagpole. Sitta. I got to play one. Yeah. I didn't remember what the hell I didn't remember what this was until I heard it. Yep. That's a big ass nope from me, dog. I feel officially <laughs> old because I would have attributed that song. If you told me five other bands from that era, I'd be like, oh yeah, it was their song. So I feel like the old person would be like, oh, that music you listen to sounds the same. Like I feel like that could have been nine bands from the same era. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like mid to late nineties stuff on my list, but that's just when that's I grew your, up. Your so, era. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and like this next one. So Fiona Apple, Criminal by Fiona Apple. Wait a minute. Uh, wait, so yeah. What about Shadow Boxer? <sighs> no. 
Does someone have the Google in front of you? I feel like I do not think he's sneaking things in. Uh, so no, I I I do not think anything was a big of a song. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. It spent six weeks on the alternative songs chart. It charted inside the top forty on two different Billboard charts. It fared much better on the adult pop songs. So it wasn't like a number one hit, but I feel like it got the same amount of radio play. No. Yeah, but I think Which one, the one you're talking about or the or I feel like Matt under the rules, Matt's probably winning because you just named everything but the Billboard 100, which is, I think, where gotcha. they judge um, whether you're one hit wonder or sort of. I mean, but she was, you know, she toured, she sold a shit ton of, I'm, you know, several albums, a ton of albums. Yeah. I feel like this was a time, though, where albums would explode from having one hit song, you know, yeah. honestly. Sure. Yeah. True. Like just, the time, this is the time where you still had to go out and buy the album, you know, where you couldn't just download one song from the album. Yeah, I mean the the, this yeah. the album off the album title. I mean, I had this album and played the shit out of it, and so did my roommate. Um, I mean, she won a Grammy for it, and but the other songs got. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you're right. Like if it's not charting, but this one didn't. Actually, this one didn't even get in the top 10 of the Hot 100. So it only hit in the Hot 100, 21, criminal. So what are we basing this on then? Breaking the 100, I think. Breaking the hot. Then it did. Know, there, there is a, I don't know, I guess you have to, we, someone has to look up what the rules of One Hit Wonder, but there was, I did read something, I can't, I wish I wrote it down. Where if songs didn't get to this point, they weren't considered hits. Hmm. That'd be that's kind of hmm, let's see. But she she is a weird one because I feel like you know, one hit wonders had a hard time filling arenas. Uh-huh. Whereas she everyone knew her album. Yeah. Okay, so it's okay. Here this is what qualifies as a one hit wonder. A one hit wonder is an entity that achieves mainstream popularity often for only one piece of work and becomes mm-hmm. known among the general public solely for that momentary success. The term is most commonly used in regard to music performers with only one hit single that overshadows their other work. So I don't think Fiona Apple gets to be in here. In my opinion, she's definitely not a one hit wonder. I'm not familiar enough with her music to make a judgment. Yeah, call but they also, that, in that so. same sentence, though, they say, one piece of work. Now, what's yep. a piece of work? Is it one song? Is it one album? Is her it one, other one song? Really well, too. Really well. I mean, she's a big star, Fiona Apple. I don't, you know, so like we have to make a decision, like how we're going to do this. Let's vote. There's four of us, so we can all, we can tie too. Who says Fiona Apple is not a one hit wonder? Raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull this down. Did I, so was me, three hands there. Uh, so I'm looking at I'm looking at so her other um, albums and where they landed, and even though they might not have been smash hits on the radio, they sold. I mean, she got a Grammy Award nomination for her second album too. It also it won. Yeah, it's considered one of the 500 greatest albums of all time, and that's her second one after Title. So that would just make me feel like that's right. not a one hit wonder. You also shared the stage with Dylan. Jacob she shared Dylan. the stage with a lot of people. <laughs> I saw her with um, Prince and Fleetwood Mac and the Blues Traveler and Metallica at the Bridges concert. So 
She'd be my she'd be my one where I say. All right, let's leave Matt alone. Let's let's we 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 raised our That's hands. We I always do this to Matt. <laughs> That's fine. It's it's fine. I just. <laughs> As a 13-year-old kid watching that music video, I mean, that's that's what I remember, okay? <laughs> I don't remember what, what she did after, that okay? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what she did after or before. That's, that's what I remember. Girl. Yes. <laughs> Eat her a sandwich. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, continue. I'll leave you alone. All right. I don't know if there's any arguing this next one, unless you're from Scandinavia or something. But uh, a touch of class around the world. Um yeah, I mean that's no argument there. Yeah, the uh, uh, or maybe with this next one, so semi-sonic closing time. If they anyone's ever been at else? a wedding, yeah. Oh, a wedding <laughs> again, bartender. Yeah. Bartender, yeah. 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 Wedding, yeah. 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 closing time. Oh. He probably wrote that knowing it would get played at every bar. Of course, probably. Yeah, I think it was a marketing department. I don't even think they were real. Right. <laughs> If Prince wasn't Prince, you could argue he did the same thing with um, part like it's 1999, but it was Prince, so you give him the genius. Whereas Semisonic, no. I'm, not, I'm not willing to go anywhere near there. Also, it's like, like the, yeah, it's a go pathetic ahead. song. Like <laughs> I can't get laid, and no one likes me yet, so I better wait till closing time and just grab whoever I can, whoever's left. <laughs> Lame. Uh, all right, screw them. Continue. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Barbie Girl by Aqua. I don't think oh, there's any. Thank yep. God, they never did no anything. argument there. Yep. <laughs> thank God. I want to erase that from my, I need to bleach my brain. When I saw that, I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's Up by the Four Non Blondes. We'll talk about that one after. Not yes. Not sure about that, but I have to listen to it. What? You don't know What's Up? I I don't know, not just by the name. That one has a special place in my heart that I'll explain. Like the flagpole sitter, I knew it immediately. <laughs> I Okay. Yeah. Now I know. Okay, got it. What's going on? I'm gonna say, how the hell did you escape that song? I, that it's one of those songs that I've heard, but if, if you would have played it for me and someone said, "What's the name of the song? Who sings it?" I would have absolutely no idea. Gotcha. <laughs> and uh, that song was back when Mrs. Whiskey Obsessor was performing was a staple in her set lists. I so. can okay. only imagine. Yes. That is a big, big sing-along song when you have yep. a crowd. Yes. Uh, so this next one, um, Into the Night by Benny Mardones. I had to look that one up. I was like, what the fuck? I don't know yeah. that one either. I don't think I know by, that one. By name. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. It was one of my mother's favorite songs, and it's uh, definitely a one-hit wonder. Um so then we, <laughs> this one, yeah, Baby Got Back by Sir Mix a Lot. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. I know that one. This next one doesn't age well. Uh oh. <laughs> 
I always thought that was Hall and Oates. This song, Into the Night. I swear to God, I thought it was Hall and Oates. I've always thought it was Hall and Oates. So when I saw you write it down, I'm like, I have no idea what this song is. <laughs> then I was playing it. I'm like, wait, I, I must have pressed the wrong button. That's Hall and Oates. Nope. That was, yeah, that the, was first, the first line of that song does not age well at all. When he says, uh, yeah, she's 16 years old. Please leave her alone, they say. <laughs> does not age well. No. Ever. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Baby Got Back. Sir Hell yeah. yeah. That does age well, actually. Yeah, that yeah. does age very well. Very well. Fun karaoke song for a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, next, I have Rapper's Delight from Sugar Hill Gang. Oh, yeah. Some of the OG yes. um, rap songs. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I also have No Rain by Blind Melon. And to close it out, uh, To Be With You by Mr. Big. I hate that <laughs> song with every fiber. Who has the most songs Taylor. on the list that Taylor hates? I hate that. <laughs> this was a shitty, shitty period for, like, the period you're coming from was such a shithole of popular music. I think that's <laughs> it really was, but that's why it they It was a bit out. of a dark time, but... Uh... Yeah, so, um, Matt, you want to talk about Four Non Blondes for a minute? Pull the song, specifically. So I think it's, uh, inter yeah. it's an interesting story. And then who she is is very interesting. Yes. So not only does it have that personal connection for me, um, but the song is from their 1992 debut, uh, bigger, better, whatever, Rah! faster, more, whatever. Um, <laughs> the song peaked at number one in get ready. Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Germany, Iceland, Ireland, the Netherlands, Norway, Poland, Sweden, and Switzerland. All those exactly. countries. All of Western Europe. Yes. <laughs> I've never heard of that band. Oh, they're huge in Europe. That's basically huge in Europe there. Uh, so the title does not appear in the song's lyrics. Uh, the phrase, what's going on, is prominently included in the chorus. The title was actually chosen to avoid confusion with one Mr. Marvin Gaye's 1971 song, What's Going On. Uh, actually, not a bad Not a bad choice for them. if you uh, yeah. think about it that way. Yep. Yes. So Linda Perry told Rolling Stone uh, she heavily dislikes the song's production. She revealed on Behind the Music that she hated David Tickle's reworked version. David Tickle. Well, I hate his name, so <laughs> yes. there you go. <laughs> With different lyrics intended to be used for their album. Question: They had a behind the music. Yeah, because she. It, <laughs> yeah. The only reason they had a behind the music is because. Let me just tell you real quick. Here's yeah. what she. This here's her creations. Pink's "Get the Party Started." Christina Aguilera's "Beautiful." Gwen Stefani's "What Are You Waiting For?" Courtney Love, Kelly Osbourne, Lisa Marie Presley, um, Cheap Trick. Uh, I mean, I, I, Alicia Keys, Celine Dion. I can go on and on and on. Miley Cyrus. I mean, she's a prolific producer now. So that's I did not know that. That is crazy. Yep. All right. I digress. Um, so the final version was recorded in one day uh, after Jimmy Iovine allowed Four Non Blondes to re-record Perry's demo version. And Boom. hence you get the final version. Well, thank God. Because that other version wouldn't have been a hit. We wouldn't even be talking about them. And Correct. obviously she knew what the hell she was talking about too, right? 
Obviously. She didn't, yes. Uh, and then if I can add, we, we talked briefly about Baby Got Back from one Sir Mix-A-Lot. Not Mix-A-Little, but Mix-A-Lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, yes, uh, this a song lot. was also released in 1992. Um, uh, appeared on Sir Mix-A-Lot's album, Mac Daddy. The song samples the 1986 Detroit techno single Technicolor by Channel One, which I have not heard. Uh, you know what time- I mean. Probably uh, at the time of its original release, the song caused a whole lot of controversy with its outspoken and blatantly sexual lyrics about women, as well as specific references to the female buttocks. I just wanted to <laughs> at this whole time I've been waiting for you. I just typed that in there. <laughs> well, I had to go Forrest Gump on that one, you know, female <laughs> buttocks, which some people found objectionable. The song's music video was briefly banned by MTV. Idiots. <laughs> uh, it was actually, believe it or not, the second best-selling song in the U.S. in 1992 behind Boys to Men's End of the Road. And then in 2008, it was ranked number 17 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of Hip Hop. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the song debuted at number 75 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart dated April 11th, 1992 and hit number one, 12 weeks later, the song spent five weeks at the top of the chart. So who doesn't first, know the beginning verse, right? Who doesn't know the beginning verse? Uh, if, if you don't know anything, you know how this song starts at least. So the first verse begins with, of course, I like big butts and I cannot lie. I cannot lie. Yes. <laughs> Clip, clip that you can use it as a sound drop later on. Yep. Uh, and most of the song is about the rapper's attraction to women with large behinds. I didn't make you say buttocks again. <laughs> <laughs> I will say whatever you want me to say. Uh, the second and third verse challenge mainstream norms of beauty. I ain't talking about Playboy because silicone parts are made for toys. And quote, so Cosmo says you're fat. Well, I ain't down with that. End quote. <laughs> Uh, the song came from a meeting between Sir Mix-a-Lot and uh, Amelia Dorsey, who saw little representation of full-figure women in media. The idea came from the 1980s Budweiser commercial featuring very thin Valley Girl-esque models with different skin colors. So good message, um, you know, trying to, you know, give a little bit of love to those ladies. Uh, they decided to dedicate a song to the very opposite featuring curvy women of color. Mix and Dorsey sought to broaden the definition of beauty. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, he, Mr. Mix-a-Lot, uh, commented in a 1992 interview, the song doesn't just say I like large butts, you know. Uh, the song is talking about women who damn near kill themselves to try to look like these beanpole models that you see in Vogue magazine. He explains that most women respond positively to the song's message, especially black women. They all say about time. Yep. 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 Uh, at the beginning of the song, of course, there is a conversation between between two presumably thin, exclusively white Valley girls. One girl named Linda says to her friend, oh, my God, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She's just so black. Mm-hmm. Terrible. That, that's <laughs> crazy. That, that, I don't I mean, I know the talking part, but I didn't remember that second line. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. At which point, uh, Mr. Mr. A lot begins rapping of his love for big booty girls. You know, who understands those rap guys? 
They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. I can't believe it's just so brown. It's out there. I mean, gross. Look. She's just so black. I like big books and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough because you notice that butt was stuck. She's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I want to get whipped up and take your picture. My whole boy's trying to warn me, but that's what you got, man. So, <laughs> so, a little trivia do you know where that sample came from? Oh, I don't. I don't remember. That Miso Honey? No, I don't remember. You ever see the movie um, Platoon? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I'm yeah. sorry. Not Platoon, Full Metal Jacket. Oh. Yeah, it came from Full yeah. Metal Jacket. Yikes. They get robbed outside the uh, little cafe. Hmm. The um, There's a guy named, there's a bartender in LA named Floyd Lewis. And every year, except for this year, we go to Jazz Fest with a big group of people. And I like Big Butts. It's his karaoke song. I think <laughs> I have for the past 10 years, every year, a video of him at four in the morning on Bourbon Street doing that karaoke jam. <laughs> It's pretty amazing, <laughs> and he's really good about bringing up the crowd on the stage. And oh yeah, is it the place where they have the webcam going all the time? I can't remember the name of it. You're, you the just said the place in New Orleans on Bourbon Street with all the big drinks, the webcams, and the, the bull. No, like, it's, it's, all, it's all one place. Everybody goes to karaoke, and I can't yeah. remember. Well, no, that the one where the band faces the street, like the back of the band faces the street. Yeah. Cats yeah. meow. Oh, that's it. The cats meow. Yeah, no, this was. Okay. He's I'm sure he's done it there, but he's. We've seen him. Everywhere they have karaoke at the right hour, at the right, that right time of a New Orleans trip. Amazing. It's good stuff. It's a fun song to karaoke. It really is. If you know it, you have yeah. to know it because it's not. Oh, yeah. Because it, it goes. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, and you have my to favorite line. Like, the ebbs and the flows with the wrong thing in your face. You get spoke. <laughs> <laughs> Best line of the song. My anaconda don't want well, none that you got. Buns, buns hun. <laughs> I like the reference to the Jane Fonda workout videos. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Well, thanks, She's Matt. got a motor in the back of her Honda. Thanks for one. at least including that so your list wasn't total garbage. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. If you want apples, I want wonder. Sorry. <laughs> uh, all right, E.T., how about you? Let's hear your list. All right. Um, no, again, no order. I'm starting off the song. I really just can't stand spirit in the sky by Norman Greenbaum. Um, and if you would have given me 300,000 chances at who sang that song, I would have never guessed Norman Greenbaum was the got a cool guitar riff though. There, it's not without merit. I just don't like the song. Yeah. Um, child um, by the stair stair steps from boys in the hood. Remember? I mean, it wasn't from boys in the hood, but it was in boys in the hood. Um, good song, Brandy. You're a fine girl by Looking Glass. Yep, mm -hmm. my Sharona, which surprised me that the knack only had that one hit. Um, yeah, that's crazy, huh? By the way, I felt, I felt sorry for every girl named Brandy around that era because I'm sure they all heard that joke. Hey, you're a fine girl. Yeah, well, it's better than being my Sharona, yeah, or Jenny. Or Jenny, true. They found yeah. my Sharona back in the when TV was still on, like when there was regular people watch TV, 
And they like found she's a lawyer and she worked at this law office. And I was like, why is she letting them follow her around? Like, why is she doing this interview? Trying to get clients. I guess so. <laughs> That's really weird. I'll fight for you. Do you slip and fall? <laughs> I got the knack for good lawyering. Rapper's Delight. Uh, also have Jenny. Um, I know with you, Modern English. Man, you could not get away from that song for a long time. No, no. I mean, it was the anthem of the 80s movies, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Electric Avenue by Eddie oh, Grant. I'm so pissed I didn't think of that. That was one of my be- favorite songs <laughs> back in the day. Oh, I like I didn't choose that because I didn't realize he was a one-hit wonder, to be honest. Um, so that's why I didn't put that one on my list. Um, here's another... Uh, very big one hit wonder, but this 100% will be no argument. Don't worry, be happy by Bobby mm-hmm. McFerry. Um, that guy really rode that song for many, many years. He sure did. It didn't um, hurt that Robin Williams was in the music video. Either. Probably didn't hurt, right? No. Oh, I would have yeah. thought that was somebody, honestly, thought that was somebody more famous that wrote that song or sang that song. Um, well, he A was really famous was. for about 10 years. Yeah, um, never. I've never heard his name. But the oh, funny honestly. thing is, he's like a serious jazzy musician, like uh, Herbie Hancock. Oh wow! You know, I did not like, know that. Yeah, he's like, I need to make some money. No, <laughs> I get like twelve people in my shows. <laughs> I win awards, but I need to make some money. Um, Just a friend, Bismarcky. Love that song. Uh, Macarena by Los Del Rio. Fuck that song. Yeah. <laughs> you say fuck that song. We're gonna get into why that song is. The monster it is. Um, again, bitch, Meredith Brooks. Now, I'll tell you something very funny and embarrassing. When COVID was, <laughs> when COVID first hit, it's like first wave of people were like losing their minds and, and just need to get out of the house. The bar I used to run in uh, LA has like a flat roof on one part of it that faces Santa Monica Boulevard. So the we had this idea to put musicians up there and just play a few songs with a couple of amps out to the world and just give music. So I, another life, I own a small brand and Gibson made me a custom Les Paul. So I was like, Hey, I'll support the night if every artist plays my Les Paul. And he's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Um, who doesn't want to play that guitar? So this guy I met through friends is a crazy guitar player. And I spoke to his manager. She's like, Oh my God, he would love to do it, but he's coveting in Australia. He's not here. This guy Hamish. And I was like, damn. And she goes, I have other artists. I'm like, Oh, here we go. Now I'm going to, I don't get the guy I want. And I'm going to get, you know, we're going to backdoor in. So that's just terrible. So she tells me this, this woman, um, I look her up on Spotify. just kind of listen to the first couple songs. And I'm like, yeah, she's really talented. Great. Yeah. She's Booker. She comes with her husband playing a song and they're texting me from downstairs because of, of socially distanced, but there's people down there and someone's saying the amp, the speaker's not facing the right way. So I'm just paying attention. And all of a sudden she starts singing bitch or the Brooks song. I'm like, what a random freaking cover. Like this is so many years later. What a weird song to be playing. And I'm like texting, like, what do you need the speaker to do? I'm like barely paying attention. She finishes and she's like, 
yeah, so I wrote that song with Meredith. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> how did I not realize, like, how did I go to Spotify and that's not the first song? That yeah, seriously. So her name yeah. is Shelly Pikin. And much like um, Linda Perry, she's written for everybody. Mm. But, of course, after I go home, I Google her and it's like, Christina Aguilera and Yachty, and the list goes on and on. I'm like, I'm such a dumbass. Um, but <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so she wrote, co-wrote Bitch. Um, also have Closing Time, which I also can't stand. Mama Number Five, another oh my gosh, yep. monster hit that you wish went away. Yep. Um, this song I, I always thought was somebody else. Um, somebody that I used to know. Um, I think it's Goatee featuring Kimbra. Gotcha. Do you remember that song? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I always thought yep, that very was not, well. Yeah, I thought that was somebody else that did that, but not. Um, it never rains in Southern California by Albert Hammond. That's an oldie. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, play that funky music. Wild Cherry went there. Funky Town, Lips Inc. Mm. Great song. Great roller oh, skating song. Roller the- skating song. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I roller skate my my buttocks off to that song. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorites, It's Raining Men by the Hell, Weather Girls. Yes. Yeah, that was a good video. Come on. That, that was a great song, video. That song is so awesome. Um, I just want to play it real quick. Get ready, all your lonely girls, and leave those umbrellas at home. All right. It's rising. Mm. Rising. I'm just getting low. How low, oh, girl? Oh. According to all sources. What sources now? One of the number one drag songs to listen. By the way, there needs to be a spinoff podcast um, where Sailor chair dances and lip <laughs> to. Um, Nobody wants I, to see I, that. I, I want to see that. Oh That's the show. I, I don't really care about this show. That's the show I want to see. I've been car uh, dancing for most of my life. That's where. By the way, they're named the Weather Girls. The song is "It's Raining Men." What are the other songs called? Like, do they only have one hit, or is it like? Um, <laughs> made lightning that's a great. Yeah. Is every that's song themed by weather? Um. Let's see. Or is that it? They just wrote that. And someone. You have another one called "Hail to the No." See, this is when uh, dad jokes come in handy. Yeah. Okay. I so my money in a snowbank. Right? <laughs> okay. From that album is where the hell is it? Um, shit. Weather girl. Um, it was just an EP, that they, a single that they released, and that was it. I, it, huh. That was it. So I think it was like a one of those, the album. What's the like album? One of those boy band producers where they just Someone put said, them together, wrote it, I've, made a lot of money, and said later. Hmm. I got a great song. We just need someone to sing it. Put together some well, they're female they're singers to call them the Weather Girls, and there you go. Okay, so it's from their third studio album. Oh, I think it has it has the same name. So self titled. That's why I okay. Let's see. 
Um, okay. Wait, they named them all the they named them all the weather girls. Like that didn't work. Let's try another one. And then it finally- was great. <laughs> okay, so self-titled fifth album of the same. So weather girls, <laughs> weather girls, their fifth album at this point, and then they won a Grammy for that song. Of course. Um, shit, they've got a lot of albums. So they like the Spice Girls. Everyone has a little nickname. We got like Rainy Girl. We got Snowy Girl. We got. That's so stupid. I don't know why I can't find the track listing for this thing. Uh. <laughs> the was, I just, they just kept releasing the same album over just and over. Just different studio the same song. Yeah, yeah, it's this. I cannot find a track listing for this thing, so I'll come back to it. I'll keep searching. It's like the dictionary um, definition of the one hit wonder. My god, seriously. it really is. Uh, what about the right said Fred classic? I'm too sexy. Okay, oh man, <laughs> let's for just for real. I'm gonna play this real quick because for the people who may be younger than 25 listening to this are gonna have no idea what the hell we're talking about. This the story behind this is bizarre too. Weird ass song. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. bizarre <laughs> it was funny though it was a funny song it was funny if it came yeah. out in a club um but it was a joke song yeah it was it was a total joke song and um so i love how so when i was looking this up earlier because i remember him getting interviewed he was on like i think it was like sally jesse raphael or something because it was such a hit and it was such a weird song and people just had to know what the hell was up with this and he's like Oh no, I owned I owned a gym and I just thought the people that came in to work out were ridiculous and I just wanted to- <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny to write a song about it. <laughs> Making fun of them basically. Totally. Yeah. I'm and- glad you told me that because that makes the song even better. Well, yeah. yeah. So, um so he okay, so he was um he was running his gym was he was he's British. He was running it in London. And there was like a lot of like people would be working out. And I, I remember this. I should try I'll try and find the see if the interviews on YouTube and we'll link it up. But I remember him like doing the pose. He's like, you know, people will be lifting weights and posing. Mm-hmm. You know, in the like way in the video where they're all doing the, yes. And he's like, so he's like, I just started singing I'm Too Sexy for My Shirt in front of a mirror as a joke. And he was like, him and his buddies like played music just for the hell of it. And they were like, oh my God, that has, that's hilarious. And so they were just totally fucking around. And he just started saying the most, just making fun of these people as a song. And it became a song. And boom, it's a worldwide hit. That's awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. I like it even more now. <laughs> yeah. No, now I actually like it. <laughs> My new favorite. Um, and then we have a uh, a one hit wonder that is kind of sad because they made no money. Uh, Bittersweet Symphony by mm-hmm. The Verve. 
So apparently there's a little bit of a string section bum, 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 mm -hmm. that was in a Stones song. Oh. So the Stones called up and said, hey, mm. that's our thing. And they had to pay all the money to the Stones. Oh, wow. fuck that. What a bunch like, of dickheads. Like they need the Come money, on. right? Bittersweet. Seriously. Yeah. Right? That's so there you go. I hate them. Um, so, yeah, I don't think the Verve. I think maybe they thought, screw it, give them money for this. We're going to be huge. And then <laughs> that <laughs> was it. Yeah. Then, uh, I know what boys like by the waitresses. Another mm -hmm. hit. I know uh, what guys want. I know. Right. They sounded like they were bored the whole time. I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they sounded like the girls at the beginning of Baby Got Back. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, Seasons in the Sun, Terry Jacks. That was oh one of my gosh. That's going oldies. bad in a few oh. years. <laughs> it's a sad friggin' wow. song. Wow. It yep. is very sad. Oh, yeah. That's like 70s, like, uh, <laughs> you know, Sad, right? There's a lot of those sad songs in the 70s, and that was like one of them. The cradle. That's yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Cats in the cradle. No, yeah. Another good one. Yeah. Brochy yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one that I, I found interesting uh, Past the Duchy by Musical Youth. I love that song. They claim that a duchy is not a joint. No, 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 no. So a duchy is a, duchy is a pot in Jamaican cooking, but they were trying, it's kutchy is the word for joint, but they couldn't say it on the radio. So Dutchy sounded close and they used that to replace it. <laughs> and it's a pot. So there you go. Yeah. Uh -huh. There you go. Um, all right. Good to know. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite, and I, maybe this is controversial. Is this a one hit wonder? Ice, ice baby. For sure. Yeah. Did he do the hit big? I mean, he's famous as shit. Which is so weird, but what yeah. else did he do that was a big hit? That is crazy that he's so famous still from that song. Still so famous. Is it really even his song? He right? did. He, sampled it. he did. He did the ninja rap from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part Two. I don't True. think. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. That's the thing I remember. He had a reality show, right? Where he's he got like, a cool home improvement show. Yeah. 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 Here's one of the things that pisses me off about Ice Ice Baby. There are so many things in life that I want to remember like really important moments, like information I've learned in school or in trainings, and I cannot remember it, but the fucking lyrics to Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Yo, stop, collaborate, and listen. and listen. Ice is back with a brand new... Why do I still know the lyrics to that fucking song? It's so catchy. That's the reason it was a one-hit wonder. Yeah. That's the genius of Vanilla Ice right there. That's what Oh, that my God, seriously. And then to have such staying power... That he's still relevant. Oh my god! My, when I drive my Mustang, roll it in, in my five point oh. <laughs> I had a five point oh, so you know. Yeah. Oh my god! So there, there's a, another LA bartender. I'm really ruining LA bartenders um, <laughs> who loved five and that's all he drove for years. And he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna pick up my new car," and he went and got a Mustang convertible used. It was teal blue because it was a high school girl's Mustang and she was going to college and wasn't going to need it. So her dad sold it to my buddy. Now, whatever. Still a Mustang. It is teal blue. Mm -hmm. He drives home and the license plate, um, whatever the thing around the license plate is called. The frame. The frame. Thank you. Said zero to bitch in six seconds. <laughs> and so he like, kept it. Well, he took it off immediately. 
throw, he didn't throw it away. So he pulled into our garage face first, no first. So when he wasn't paying attention, I put it back on his car. And he never sees his car parked. Yeah. Months before he oh, realized. Fantastic. That's uh, awesome. Good good oh my god, that's amazing. Uh, Last two, who let the dogs out? Oh, yeah. I hate that song. God, I hate that. And my neck, my back by Kia. That one made my me back. holler out loud. That one cracked me up. Do you not Never know that, it. Ed? I, what? I don't recognize the name. Oh boy, I'm it's gonna have to play one. it for you guys. Talk about controversy. That's how I feel almost every morning, though. <laughs> um, I don't think so. You're, you're going to have to Google the lyrics. I mean, you might. I don't know. I mean, you and Steph may be really spicy every morning. Ladies pop your pussy like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't miss. All you ladies pop your pussy like this. Shake your body, don't stop. I guarantee I've never heard this before. Do it, do it, do it, do it now. Lick it good. Suck this pussy just like you should. Right now, lick it good. All right, then. Like never heard that song in my life. All right, well then you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that, I totally screamed. I swear to God, it was amazing. Yeah, I think one time's enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a fan. When I heard, I only heard the song because there was so much controversy about it on social media and the internet, and so I went and listened to it. And I mean, I'm, I gotta say, like, I'm, I listen to it. And I'm like, oh God. So when did this come out? couple years ago more than a couple i think it's like five years or something now i would oh. say i would say like 15 oh really shit no <laughs> 15 years i don't know that happened I made that up. uh 2014 so yeah five years just like i said okay, calm down <laughs> 15 years man i was like where did my life go oh my um so when i listened to it i it was really like i was like oh god and then I talked to a couple of friends about it and they're like, how many songs are there with guys talking about their packages and banging girls and all that shit? And I'm like, that's a yeah, good point. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. Um, okay. I'm going to do my list and then we will talk about where we all lined up and our ultimate hit. Um, I also had Jenny on there. Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. And let me tell you a little story about that. When I came back from Europe, um, I was kind of a fish out of water. I was, I literally hadn't been speaking English for a long time. And um, my, my, I went back to Boston and my cousin convinced me to get a job at Urban Outfitters with her. And I, I don't know why I said yes. I was like out of it. And I lasted for like two months before I started, went back to bartending. So you had to, every single time you made a sale, you had to say, may I please have your phone number. And nobody wanted to give out their damn phone number. And I got in trouble because I wasn't entering. You could bypass it and go through with the sale. So I got in trouble. And I was like, all right, fine. So this little dickhead who was on a power trip was like, I might have to fire you. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to get fired from Urban Outfitters. Oh, what would I do? So he didn't like me. So I decided every single time to put in 8675309. Now, this was the Urban Outfitters in Boston, in Harvard Square. It has more traffic than probably anything else there. And you can literally walk through it. And I was always working the weekend shifts and the busy shifts. And so I could ring, I don't know, like 200 people a day. So there's this little Urban Outfitters magazine. And it's for like, you know, the managers and stuff like that. It's their own little newsletter thing. And I made the, mag I made the magazine. 
<laughs> now, none of us used our own unique numbers to get into our computers because we just wouldn't listen. We were all assholes. So they couldn't. I think they knew it was me, but they couldn't really prove it. And so it was this whole story like, you know, you may think that getting customer information isn't important, but we want to give you the reasons why. There's one of our stores in the U.S. that, you know, has been using a popular 80s song <laughs> at the number. And I, so my one of my good friends was another manager. And he comes right down. He's like, look, look, read this, read this. And I was like, yeah, I quit. I'm out of here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Tommy Two-Tone. <laughs> that was how I did. I quit right away. I was like, yeah, fuck you guys. Um, okay. I put flock of seagulls. Wait, time out for one second. Uh, the guy that wrote that, Alex Call. We never even made that connection. His name is Call, and he wrote a song oh. about uh, oh, calling no. a number. Oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> you learned that first here. <laughs> this is okay. the kind of reporting. <laughs> learn on metal rock and whiskey when we have the quality guests you're yes. welcome you're welcome everyone um okay flock of seagulls i ran definitely still one of my favorite 80s new wave songs that I'm so far anybody says. so far away it's such, it's such a good song um tony basil's mickey oh if yes you don't know Another, that song where yeah. the hell were you in the world yeah if you had mtv you saw that song so, like 10 times a day so obnoxious um, I also had Bismarck E, Just a Friend. I love that song to this day. Modern English, I'll Melt With You. Um, God, you couldn't get away from that song. Um, I, I Want Candy yeah. by Bow Bow wow. Come on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was huge. Yep. Um, I also had Turn Up the Radio by Autograph yep. and Pass the Duchy by Musical Youth. Um, Dexie's Midnight Runners with Come on Eileen, and mm. I still hate that song with a passion. Um one of my favorite songs from the 80s, and I had a very weird crush on this guy. Don't ask me why. I'm weird, I'm weird like that. Thomas Dolby, she blinded me with science. science. Now, he, he is, in fact, the Thomas Dolby of Dolby Sound. True story. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet him later in life in my very, very short stint in the corporate world. Cool. I was in... Uh, doing some marketing stuff in the dot-com boom and got to meet him in a work thing. And I made an absolute fool of myself. I'm sure I was his biggest fan. And he was like, I don't, nobody knows me. And I'm like, what? Yes, of course, everybody knows you. Come on. And I kept telling my colleagues, like she blinded me with science. And they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah. And so I got this whole crowd around him and he was, I think he was pleased or he was <laughs> nice to me. I don't care. Um, if you don't know the song, um, I'm going to play it. If you know it, too bad. I'm going to play it anyway. Poetry in motion. <laughs> Poetry in motion. One of the best songs ever. Yes. I remember and hearing a story about that, the music video for that, about the guy who played the professor in there. Like everyone, he would, I guess, heard he got sick of people coming up to him and yelling, science! <laughs> Whenever they would see him. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's fucking great. I totally did that. <laughs> you even know that. Oh my god. <laughs> oh fuck. Okay. Well, I'm a jerk. Um, my next pick, my next pick is Big Country in a Big Country. I love that song. Um, Devo Whip It. Now Devo they seems were, they were one hit wonder. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And they do. We uh, are not men. We are Devo. We are not men. Devo. Didn't they do fucking what was the name of that song? Secret Agent Man. Isn't that them? No. No. Come on. What's your other big hit? Secret Agent Man. That's like from like 60s. the sixties or something. Yeah. Did they, do no. a, did they do a cover of it that charted? They no. may have, but it they, wasn't. It, it wasn't their song. So they didn't. This is the only there. thing that that is that charted is this is the only song that was super popular and got radio play. Gotcha. Um, they are from Akron, Ohio, and they actually wrote this song specifically to get radio play and make me, which I think is fucking hilarious because that's one of the bands you would never suspect would do something like that. So. Um, Men Without Hats, The Safety Dance, another one of my yep. favorite songs. I can't believe I forgot about that. Oh my god. Let me tell you, when this song, song would come on in, in the club, it was so much fun to, to dance to this song. Um, so they're a Canadian uh, band. And uh, it was released in 1982. They played the song and on the regular in clubs until the early 90s, because I used to dance to it all the time. So um, the lead singer of the band got, he wrote this right after he got kicked out of a club for pogo dancing. Hey, young folks, do you know what pogo dancing is? Matt, do you know what pogo dancing is? No. It's slam dancing. I have no idea why uh, they called it pogo dancing. Um, so <clears throat> he tells the story on VH1. Um, he's like, okay, there's two common interpretations of the song. First, safety dance is not a call for safe sex. <laughs> he's like, that's reading a bit too much into it. Secondly, he said it's not an anti-nuclear uh, protest song. Um, and he said it wasn't just a question of being anti-nuclear. It was a question of being anti-establishment. He said the song is a protest against bouncers prohibiting dancers from pogoing in the 80s to new wave music when disco was declining and nobody wanted to listen to that anymore. So Must that's be the Canadian vernacular. <laughs> I remember pogo hearing pogo dancing. Yeah, okay. I don't know that I remember that. I remember that term. So the next one I chose, I'm telling you right now, I cannot sit still when I hear this song. I this is on my playlist all the time. I'm obsessed with the song. They had a second they had a second song that I thought was just as popular but it wasn't. So technically, this guy gets to be a one-hit wonder. I was really surprised, but I'm going to play it for you guys. Right about now, right about now, you're about to be possessed by the sounds of MC Rawface and DJ Easy Rock. You think you're the man? 
Every time I hear that song, I'm instantly transported back to college in the stale beer smelling basement of our fraternity house where we had parties. Oh my God. Oh, yeah, that's totally college. <laughs> yeah. That was, I can remember being in my white jeans and dancing my ass off to that song. It was so much fun. I love, there's, you it's impossible to just sit there when that song comes on. And I still know way, every. That, that song just, um, put an exclamation point on your show of chair dancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's another one of my favorite karaoke songs. I will. That was also the at the end of a movie. What was it? It was like a Ryan Reynolds movie. that came on at the end. I'm trying to remember what it was. I don't know. Anyway, so someone will know. Their second popular hit was Joy and Pain, and I thought that that one charted, and I didn't. Oh, wow. Angry. Yeah. That yeah. Isn't that weird? Because I was like, oh, that was shit. another we... one on rotation we used to play, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one was so, but yeah, it wasn't as popular. So, um, okay. Then I also put on, I put 99 Luft balloons instead of red balloons. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I also had the waitresses I know what boys like, even though I hated that song. This next song I hated so much that I actually protested watching MTV for like two months <laughs> when that you were glued to MTV all the time. Georgia Satellites, keep your hands to yourself. Oh, they come up play at my my college, my university when I was in college. In the I hated school, yeah. that song. <laughs> it is stupidest, weirdest. I don't know why it got popular. I don't understand why people liked it. Wait, 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 wait. Georgia Satellites. Who did? Uh, I got a little change in my pocket. Isn't that them? Georgia Satellites. That going, ching, ling, That's the song. Good point. Isn't that the same song? Yeah, it's the same song. So it's the one hit then. Yeah. Oh, good. I can take it off my list. Wait, keep it. Let me let me just check the lyrics because I think you're right. I fucking hate that song, so I don't know all the lyrics. Although the very beginning of the song. Yeah, it's the same song. Next on my list is Nene Cherry's Buffalo Stance. Oh my gosh. Totally forgot about that one. Yep. That song. Then yep. the weirdest one. Oh my one. God, this next one. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember the song? <laughs> yes, yeah. I do. Dun, Putting dun, on dun, the Ritz. Dun, dun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got some weird... friend stories about that song too. What a weird <laughs> guy's name really was Taco. That's his legitimate yes. actual first name. And wow. Not, you know, he didn't write the song, of course. What a weird, bizarre it's thing. It's a weird song. Yeah. I but always think so of uh, Young Frankenstein when I hear that song. <laughs> That's a good one. <clears throat> um, I also have Till Tuesday Voices Carry, but I used to think they were saying boys are scary. <laughs> so, boys are scary. Fair enough. So, yeah, I thought it was oh, a scary. Oh, man. Um, then Midnight Oil Beds Are Burning. Um, yeah. Man, you could not get away from that song. Um, the church, album. Great album. Great album, yeah. The Church Under the Milky Way. I think The Church is one of the best bands in music history. I do not understand why they weren't more popular. I just, I'm, I love The Church. They have one of my favorite songs, um, Lips Like Sugar. Oh, I fucking love them. Uh, oh, Red Rider Lunatic Fringe. Um, it was my Belgian peep. 
Timeout, 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 timeout. Lunatic Fringe. That's uh, what's his face from Canada? They're Belgian. What am I thinking of? Who's here? You want me to play it? Yeah. A lot of people think it's called something else. What's that guy? Oh, it's killing me now. He's like the big Canadian 80s rocker. Brian Adams? No. No. <laughs> That's oh, the only one I know of. That's why I would have said. <laughs> no, they're Canadian, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Rush? Never knew that's what they were saying. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mix up with all the time. Oh, You're right. Or Tom Cochran. Tom Cochran. Is he? Yes. Yep. Yep. Tom Cochran. Isn't, yeah. isn't that his song? Yes. Yes. So he's Canadian. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I I, I mix them up with Golden Earring all the time. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know they were called Red Rider. Yes, Red Rider, and then he he had another hit which was uh life is a highway oh so you're saying he had a hit as a solo artist solo. And a hit as the i got you sneaky sailors <laughs> another example of synthesizers done well matt sis um okay and then my last one is uh paul lakakis i'm sure he's greek um boom 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 let's go back to my room oh more another college tune but a song such a dumb song so um, and that's it. That's my list. So uh, real quick, I'm going to go down uh, where we kind of lined up. So Ed and I had Till Tuesday, and we also had Come On Eileen. And Ed and Matt had Chumbawamba, uh, 99 Red or Luft Balloons, uh, Ed and I. And then um, Turn Up the Radio, Ed and I, Blind Melon, Ed and Matt, uh, Meredith Brooks, Bitch, Matt and E.T., Closing Time by Semisonic, Matt and E.T., Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight, Matt and E.T., um, Modern English, I'll Melt With You, E.T. and Myself, Past the Duchy, Musical Youth, E.T. and Myself, Waitresses, I Know What Boys Like, E.T. and Myself, and Bismarcky, Just a Friend, E.T. and Myself. The one, there's only one, you guys, really and truly, that we all got. Only mm -hmm. one. And I, I knew which one it would be. Sure there was going to yep. be several. So then we were going to have to battle them out. But there's no battle here because all four of us chose 8675309. Yep. Yeah, Tommy Tuton. That was it. And that's it. So the ultimate drum roll, please. Ultimate one hit wonder is Jenny. And the crowd cheers. Ah. Amazing. There Got you go. Me? That Let me is. ask you a question. Does anyone feel like they missed one? 
Like you're like, mm. doing, like tonight you're Safe, like, oh my gosh. Safety dance for me. Fun. Yeah. Fun. For yes. sure. I can see uh, half a dozen. I'm not going to, but. Yeah. One while we were doing this, I'm like, fuck, I, I can't believe I forgot Pac-Man fever. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Pac-Man fever. Oh, man. <laughs> Matt's like, what's Pac-Man? I'm like, it's a video game before <laughs> Xbox. I know what Pac-Man is. used to go to arcades. 2D graphics, not 3D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that's it. That That's it, you guys. Took us two hours to get here, but we oh, got man, here. Oh, man, that was fun. I think we set a new record. <laughs> I think we did. That was super fun. Yeah. Um, that, that was, was awesome. great. Thank you for having me. That was super fun. Um, I wish we were in person. So I'm going to leave you with a gift. And I want you to, to respond to me at some point and let me know if, if this gift was worth getting. Go on YouTube and watch Google Paul McCartney with Rob Gronkowski on stage. Okay. And it, it is the most bizarre, entertaining clip I've ever maybe seen in recent memory of YouTube. And it's the weirdest thing in the world. You have to sit down and watch it. It's crazy. Okay. There's a lot of hits for this. Okay. As soon as we get done, I'm going to watch this. Bizarre. That is my <laughs> gift to you tonight for having me on the show. I'm <laughs> giving you that. Gee, thanks. I think. Thank I don't know. I'll let you know. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> I'll either text you and be like, hey, thanks, or hey, fuck you. Right. Uh, goodbye. You're never on the show again. And <laughs> I'm taking the chair dancing idea, and you're out. Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed my chair dancing. Thank you for being with us tonight. This is a lot of fun. And again, thank you for this amazing sample. It's so delicious. It's going to be gone soon. It makes me sad. And uh, if anybody's still listening, Matt, take it away. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we did and as much as we always do. Please go now. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. And on Twitter, we are at Metal Whiskey. Also, follow and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You're watching us right now, Metal Rock Whiskey. If you watch, make sure to hit that thumbs up on the video and turn on that bell right below us here uh, to get notified every time we upload new content, new shows to the channel. Uh, you can also find us individually on Instagram. You can find me at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E Sailor. I'm Sailor Retro. In most places. <laughs> uh, let's see. E.T., how about you? Uh, Super Hype LLC. Boom. Ed, you're, you're muted, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Our Sorry. editor, my friend. I'm pretty much <laughs> on Instagram at Bourbon Geek. <laughs> Hope you can hear me that time. Yeah. And hey, listeners, if you love us, or even if you like us, Please, we ask you hit that subscribe button it, and give us a review. It really does matter. And of course, tune in in a couple of weeks for another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. And before I play us out with one of my favorite songs uh, that some of us chose tonight, I usually end the show with saying fuck you, and that's not going to be any different tonight. And tonight, the fuck you goes out to the Georgia Satellites.
Keep Met her a girl that you tried to date, but a year to make love, she wanted you to wait. Let me tell you a story of my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. The way that I met her was on tour at a concert. She had long hair and a short miniskirt. I just got on stage dripping pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd, and guess who I met? I whispered in her ear, come to the picture booth so I can ask you some questions to see if you're 100 proof. I asked her her name. She said, blah, blah, blah. She had nine, ten pants and a very big bra. I took a couple of flips and she was as soon as I said, How do you like the show? She said, I was very amused. I think we all have to do the chorus together. She acted kind of strange. Then when I asked, Do you have a man? She tried to pretend. She said, No, I don't. I always nice hat. Come on. I'm not even going for it. This is what I'm going to say. You. Got what, what I, I need. need. Got what I need. But you say, you say he's, he's just a friend. friend. But you say, you say he's just a friend. friend. <laughs> 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 <laughs>